Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. What does it mean to go deeper? Imagine standing at the edge of a cliff and not seeing the bottom, or pouring water or any liquid into a bowl, jug, or vase that has no bottom. Imagine digging a hole but never getting to the bottom. The reality is, there is always more that can be done, more that can be achieved or attained or fulfilled. It's time for you as an individual, we as a people, the body of Christ, to reach greater heights. But the only way to go higher is to ensure our foundation, our roots, are deeper. So, are you ready? Let's go deeper still. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Welcome again to God's presence. It's good to see some uh, new faces here. I don't know if I should introduce them. Some people, I haven't seen them in uh, many, 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 many months. I see them in the corner. I see them in the center. All right. It is finally good to see some faces. Thank you. Thank you for coming. All right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Can't you do you recognize that voice? Hey, I can run on that voice. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. God is faithful. God is good. God is good. So Father, we just invite you today. Holy Spirit, just speak to us. You have the word of eternal life. You have the word that can change, that can transform, that can give light, that can bring life, that can resolve long-standing issues. The word that can destroy every mountain in front of us. The word that can go to the deepest part of our heart and discern the deepest issues that we have. And we just ask you to speak. Speak to us today. Because we are ready to listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to, we're beginning a descent of uh, 2020. Uh, Just the way we ascended. Uh, to talk about, we're going to do a seven-week message series on what I call Deeper Steel. Uh, we started the year as the year of going deeper, and the Lord called us as a church to really go deeper with Him. And we used 
a bunch of metaphors that I'm going to go through a little bit in a few minutes. Uh, how the scripture tried to metaphorically paint picture of spiritual depth. Because that is very, very important for us to understand. The first picture is the picture of deep waters. And we talked about deeper water or shallow water versus deep water. If you can show that image, uh, uh, I think I will appreciate that. I, you know, we can just project the image. That will be good. So I have three images that I just want people to uh, be able to at least get. Uh, is the image of a shallow water. If you go to any water, even swimming pool, uh, they will tell you there's a shallow part of it, right? And there's a deep part of it. In fact, a lot of times, if they, are, if they know what they're doing, they will tell you how deep it is, right? Uh, so if you're not able to swim that much, non-swimmer, go to the shallow end of the pool, right? Because you can control yourself, all right? Swimmer, they go to their own end. The same thing with water, right? Most of us just stay by the shallow end of the sea, right? You know, where did you go? I went to the beach to do what? To just play on the shallow end of the beach, right? <laughs> the real people, right, they go to the deeper end, right? <laughs> Those are really, really, they know what they are doing. They can surf, they can swim, they know what they are doing. But it means a lot in the spirit. Uh, Jesus told Peter in Luke chapter 5 verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said, Now go out to where it is deeper and let down your net to catch some fish. Go out to where it is deeper. Peter was fishing. That's a very powerful metaphorical statement. Peter was fishing. Even though he walked all night, it gives us an indication that he was working in a shallow aspect of the water. And sometimes that can be the picture of many of us. Many of, many of us, even in our work with God, we can do a lot of work, a lot of energy, a lot of prayer, a lot of this, but all those work is in the shallow end of the water. We also see the picture in Ezekiel chapter 47, where the, you know, the Spirit of the Lord talk about the water, you know, ankle deep, you know, neck deep, you know, you know, just talking about the progression of our journey, you know, as someone that wants to go deep with God. The second one was uh, the picture, uh, the mental picture that Jesus gave us, uh, or the scripture gives us, is uh, that of a root. Uh, the shallow root and the deep root. There are plants with shallow root and there are plants with deep root. And the big difference is plants with deep roots, they last longer. They, they are strong. Nobody can just go and just pull them out. You know, your plants with shallow roots, you know, how you just yank them out, right? You just go there, you just pull them. Once in a while you're pulling the one with deep roots, you pull, they don't pull, right? It, the reason is their roots, they don't pull. You have to go, you know, go find something, go to Home Depot or do whatever you need to do to try and get them out. 
And that's how the Bible wants us to see depth. The Bible wants us to be rooted and built up in him. Because root determines how long we stay. Root determines, our root determines how easy we can be pulled out. You see, the enemy is always wanting to pull us out. That's the enemy. The enemy is... His goal is to destabilize you. His goal is to pull you out of your place where God has planted you. In fact, the Bible describes a believer as someone that is planted, right? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of our God. You know, David said he's like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, right? We are planted. Now, but what is your root? How deep is your root where you are planted? We are planted in our purpose. We are planted where God has put us in life. But what is our root? It's very, very important for us to think about that. Jesus in the parable of the sower talked about the seed that was planted, you know, among rocks. He said the characteristics is they have no root. The root isn't deep. You know, the root is not deep enough. So we have to be people who are rooted. Amen. The third one that we used is the foundation. Right? We have buildings with weak foundation, a very shallow foundation. And we have buildings with a deep foundation. Very important. And Jesus gives us this picture in Matthew chapter 7. From verse 24 through 27, Jesus gives us the picture of a man who built his house on the sand. Now, the, the idea of that is when a house is built on a sound, it means they did not dig deep enough to find rock. All right? Because there's always rock. It's just deeper. All right? If you really... And the, the idea behind that is the higher you want to go, the deeper you must go. So if you're building a skyscraper, right? You got to dig deep. I mean, because he has to be standing on a rock so that he won't sink. The weight of it won't sink the entire structure. But if it's not, if it's very, very, you know, you throw some form of two by fours together with, uh, you know, with plywood and this and, you know, you can put it on the ground. You can put it on the the difference, though, is according to the parable, when storm comes, right? There was a lot of storm. There was, there was rain, storm, and the one house was standing at the end of the day. Another one wasn't standing. And Jesus is telling us, you must build on a strong foundation. So when we talk about death, spiritual death, we're talking about things that have serious consequence in our life. All right? Very, very important. Now, I'm, I'm going to remind you, hopefully you're still able to say this. I may just summarize what I've talked about. And this should challenge you and encourage you to really take the issue of going deeper with God seriously. Number one is because there is no fulfillment in the shallow. That's why your things that come unto all these things, right? There's no true fulfillment. 
There's no true fulfillment if you just remain a shallow believer. If you go, don't go deeper than just things on the surface, you will not truly have real fulfillment. And that's, that's important. Fulfillment in life is important because, I mean, that's really what counts when most people, you know, after the end of life, right? Most people will work with people who are, you know, who are, you know, who are, you know at, at the end of their life. And there have been a lot of documents. There's been a lot of uh, books. There's been a lot of, you know, studies that show what people care about when they're about to go, when they're on their deathbed. is the feeling of being fulfilled or not being fulfilled, right? People who felt they were fulfilled, they died peacefully with joy because they have this feeling that they, they fulfilled their, they were fulfilled. And people wouldn't, <laughs> do not, and it doesn't matter how much money they have, it doesn't matter how much material things they have, how many children they have, I mean, all those things, people really don't care about those when they're facing death. They just now begin to play back, was my life fulfilled or not? Now, we know now that fulfillment is never found in shallow things. It's never found in things. It's never found in what I'm wearing. I mean, all these things, they don't bring fulfillment. That's why we actually have to keep on getting them, right? We have to keep on getting them. Because they, I mean, they satisfy you, you know, a few weeks, you know, a few months after a while, you know, you realize that none of this bring fulfillment. Also, there is no true stability in the shadow. There's no stability. There's no stability. If you dwell in the shallow, you're going to be an unstable person. You're not, you see, you're always going to see your, your mood is unstable, your Emotionally, you're not stable. Your life is like a roller coaster. Uh, you're happy today and happy tomorrow. You're not able to enjoy. And sometimes that's how you know you've been dwelling in the shallow. You know, because first you're, you're going to find out you're never fulfilled. You're never satisfied. You're never, you know. But also you're going to find out if you're, if you're unstable. There's no stability. There's no stability. Your life is just up and down. That tells you, you know what? I think I've been dwelling in the shallow place. Let me obey Jesus and go to the deeper end of the water. You're also going to find out you're in the shallow if there's no learning taking place. There's no growth taking place in your life. Because you can know whether you're growing or not. You can look at your life and say, have I really grown? Have I really learned much? You know, that tells me because if you're always on the shallow end of the, of the, of the pool, you're never going to learn how to, how to swim, right? Yeah. But you're just going to display an appearance of, I went to the water. But there's no fulfillment there. I mean, people will really swim. You know, they exercise, they are long, they are everything. They come, they are so satisfied. You know, some of us, you just play, play, play on the shallow end and you leave. <laughs> there's really, there's nothing fulfilling there. There's nothing fulfilling. But also you haven't learned any. I mean, you can spend 30 years on the shallow end of the water. You're still never going to learn how to swim. 
Because debt also involves a little bit of risk, right? As you move further, you're, you're taking some risk. So there's no learning, there's no growth. But ultimately, you are missing out on God's best. If you just say, you know what, is it not just to go to church? And that's why some people say, oh, it's just to go to church and to go to heaven. Or, you know, and I just uh, pull in, just, uh, now it's even easy. It's like a drive through I just, uh, you know, some churches is drive through You just drive, you go to the booth, you ask them, what's the message today, right? You know, you pay your offering, you drive off. I mean, I mean, that's, I'm sure some people would just like us to make church like Wendy's. All right? You are going to miss out on God's best. You're missing out on God's best for your life. Because God's best is always found in a deep place. Hallelujah. Now, one thing about Jesus, working with Jesus, that if you walk with Jesus long enough, he is going to invite you into a deeper place. I mean, it's, you can bet on that. Now, if you walk with him long enough, because he knows, because he's, he's, you know, he's love, he loves us, he wants the best for us, if you walk with Jesus long enough, he's going to invite you. He's going to pull you in. Now, he's going to pull you with a rope that is you know, long enough, flexible enough for you to say, no, 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 no. You know, and sometimes that's how many of us live our life. If you start hanging around people who are pulling you too deep, you're going to say, no, 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 that's not the kind of friends I want. Right? If you're going to a church where they, that church, they are too serious. I don't like that church. They just, you know, they are just, they're just pulling you in. You're going to say, no, 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 no. Let me find a place where, you know, I mean, that's, that's how we live our life. But it is not because if you're not going deep, it's never because you've not been confronted. It's not because you've never been pulled. And let's look at some of the examples. In Matthew 19, 21, Jesus told a rich man, very popular story, right? The guy came to, went to Jesus and he said, you know, I've been doing all these things. I've been, you know, since I was young. The guy is one of those guys. They are so proud of their shallowness. All right, he's so proud of his shallowness. He said, "You know, Master, what can I do more? I've been doing all these things since I was young." And Jesus said, "You know, okay, let me invite you to something deeper." I mean, since you ask, right? Yes. Jesus said, "If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions." And give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Now, the guy became so sad. You know, he became so sad. You know, now, this will not be applicable to many of us, obviously. Uh, this is peculiar to this particular man. And Jesus can read us. You know, Jesus can scan you. If you say, Lord, what do I need to go deeper? He's going to scan you. He knows your heart, and he's going to tell you your own. And um, I have a feeling that most of us are going to say, wow, that's, that's hard. <laughs> that's difficult. To give us some of those things, oh, that's difficult. To give us some of these friends, oh, my God, that's difficult. To do this, oh, that's difficult. You know, so that was his own invitation. All right? 
It's easy to say, oh, this guy did this, this guy did this, you know. No, 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 no. Your invitation is what you should focus on. There's another man in Luke chapter 9, verse 60. <laughs> he said to another man, follow me. And that's an invitation, follow me. If you, if you remember, you know, the word follow me, don't forget, and I need to remind you this. Jesus said more than the word follow me. I mean, that's just a summary of what he said. Obviously, Jesus spoke to them a little more than what is written. You have to assume that. You know, Jesus went to Peter and he said, follow me, and Peter followed. You have to know, understand the context, you know, that Jesus spoke a little more than, you know, what is going. So he said, follow me, and the guy said, you know, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom. I mean, Jesus can be really say some things that are, if he's a pastor today, man, I don't know how Jesus can survive. <laughs> I mean, I mean, somebody's going to go on Facebook and, and say, you know, can you imagine what the preacher said? I shouldn't even bury my dad. What kind of a church is that? And I can imagine everybody just say, man, I leave that church and everybody. That's going to go viral, right? That's the kind of post people love these days. You know, that's to tell you that sometimes what the Lord is going to tell you is different from what the Lord is going to tell me. And it's going to be peculiar to me. All right? And that's very, very important. At some point, Jesus actually broke it down and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. A lot of, in Luke, in, no, in John chapter 6, at some point, he told them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't truly be my disciple. And at that point, Jesus said, wow, this is, people said, this is getting crazy. I can't do this. In fact, a lot of them just walked away. That's, you know, Peter was so worried. We are losing our church. Jesus, what is going on? I mean, church is just empty. And Jesus said, will you also go? You can go. I'm not going to compromise this. You know, you can go. And Peter said, no, no, no. I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And he said, you are the one that has the word of eternal life. We believe and we are sure you are the Christ, the son of the living God. One of my favorite aspects of the scripture. Very, very, very important to know. Now, so we're going to talk about what I call seven non-negotiables of going deeper. Seven things that are, they are non-negotiable. And they are non-negotiable if you really want to go deeper with God. I mean, they, they, I'm going to talk about them. Today I'm going to talk about one of them. I still have like 20 something minutes so uh, I can get to it. It is, the one I want to talk about today is called brokenness 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 it is now the word brokenness can be used in different ways you know you can say oh that guy is broken because they've gone through so much in life people kind of use brokenness that way people use brokenness in different way but the context i'm using brokenness is the context of 
uh, of uh, Psalm 51 where he says, My sacrifice, O Lord, is a broken spirit, right? A broken and a contrite heart the Lord will not despise. That's the context. That is someone that is really, you know, brokenness in that sense means death to self. All right? Or brokenness of our will. When our will become truly surrendered to God. Because there's really no going deeper until we are broken. It's impossible. And that's why it is so fundamental. That concept is very, very fundamental to going deeper with God. So going deeper simply means, I mean, being broken means being dead to self. You know, that means we get to a place where we are no longer constantly struggling with God. You know, because I think this is really our life. Many of us, something happened to us, we give our life to Jesus, right? You know, something happened. Maybe we just realize I need him. Uh, I want to go to heaven, right? <laughs> I mean, you watch some movies that you saw hell. You're like, I don't want that. <laughs> and, and you're like, I want Jesus, right? I mean, or you saw some beautiful Christians, right? You just say, I want that kind of life. Somehow, you gave your life to Jesus, and that's why we are here. But, but what is more important, though, is God wants us. You, actually, you are a precious possession to God. You see, Jesus died not just for our sin, he died for us. You see, it's not just, I mean, Jesus didn't just go to the cross just because he loves sin so much. And he said, let me go to the cross so I can collect sin. I collect everybody's sin. No, 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 no. He had to deal with our sin so he can get us. The real price is you. Did you get that? The real price is you. He wants you because you are that good. You are that important. You are that precious. And he... He thinks it. He believes it. I mean, you might not think it, but you are that good that he said, you know what, I'm going to go to the cross so that I can have them. Now, what now tends to happen is we come to him, but we spend almost all our life struggling with him. Struggling with him. I mean, and until we really get to a point where we no longer struggle, when you see, it is hard for him to really have his way in our life. His plan, his purpose for our life, he is being frustrated by our constant struggle with him. I hope you understand that. Now, so a place of brokenness is a place where we are no longer, and I use the word constantly because we are never really going to get to a place where we no longer struggle. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, as long as we're in this flesh, there's always going to be a place. But for some of us, it's a daily struggle. It's constant struggle. God can hardly tell you anything that you don't struggle with. That's a serious problem. That's a problem. Because 
Even at some point in Genesis, God said, I mean, my spirit will no longer struggle. I, I'm tired of struggling. You know, God will just say, you know what, every time, even, I mean, it's just a struggle. You know, if I say yes, you're going to say, what do you mean by yes? If I say B, you're going to say Z. If I say, you know, stand up, why do I need to stand up? You know, come here, why do I need to, I mean, everything about you is a struggle. Are you that kind of a person? You need brokenness. You need brokenness. Because God can really do so much with you if everything has to be struggle, a struggle. Without brokenness, every lesson God wants to teach you takes too long. Right? God has been trying to teach you forgiveness for like 20 years. I mean, I mean, it's like, it's like each, it, you never learn. You know, that's why God abandoned Israel and came to the Gentile. Did you know that? I mean, after a while, he said, you know what? I'm going to leave this thing, people in their sin, and I'm going to bring the Gentile. If you look at God's plan, really, that struggle. God said, I always struggle with you. It's always a struggle. But even with individuals, sometimes we're, it's always a struggle. It's always and that's why brokenness is very, very important. Praise the name of Jesus. The Jesus, there's a lot of parables in the Bible that talks about two sons. I hope you know that. You remember, like the parable of the, of the prodigal son, right? In, you know, God will talk about, uh, there's a father that has two sons. In fact, there's a lot of parable that has to do with two, right? Two coins, two sons, two this, two that. Right? Two women. All right? A lot of that. One day, one day the Lord opened my eyes to see that. Behind that parable is the ideal son that never gets talked about. Right? The ideal son is Jesus. It's the son that, because if you notice... None of those sons is really all right, right? Do you want to be like the prodigal son or you want to be like the brother? I don't think, I mean, I, I don't really want to be like the prodigal son. I mean, just, you know, lose it, eating with uh, pigs and things like that. Then I realize myself, I go back home. Uh, I don't think that's what I really want to be. I don't want to be like the brother either, right? He's, he's there, and he, he's not enjoying the blessing. I mean, that's, that's just the picture. You're like, so which one do I pick? And God said, there's a third son that I never talk about. And that son is Jesus. That's the model son. That's the model son. That's the son that is surrendered to the will of the Father. And that's what he's calling all of us to be. That's, he's not telling... Most times we are always either or in this place, but God is saying there's a son that I want you to be like, and he is the measure. He is the model. He is our brother. He is the one that we follow. Praise the name of Jesus. So there's always that model, you know, that he wants us to follow. So in I mean, Matthew 21, for example, I'll read a couple of verses. He said, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. <laughs> He went to the first and said, son, go and walk today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. 
Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Wow. I mean, sometimes it's just, uh, it's just like that. You know, some sons say, I will not. Sometimes they say, I will, but they don't. But there's a son he wants us to be like. That son is Jesus Christ. And we know Jesus got to a place, what is the, you know, where he says, not my will, but yours be done. That's really where what brokenness does. So brokenness is when we get to a place where our will has been surrendered to the Father. And that is very, it's a, it's a great place. It's the place where God truly have his way. Now when we say, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way, most times we don't even have an idea of what we're talking about, right? We say, God, have your way, but we spend the rest of the time really fighting God's way. You know, when he presents that way, we're like, no, this is not. You know, we say, God, have your way. God, have your way anyway. God, please have your way. God, please have your way. And God presents his way. He says, no, not this way. Can we, can we get another one? Can we get another option? I mean, you know, can we get another option? It's like you go to one of those websites. You're trying to, they give you some code. You say, you know, this is too hard. Give me another one. Give me another one. They, you kick another one, right? That's kind of how we tend to live with him. But we must get to a place when we are fully surrendered to him, when we can truly say, Lord, have your way. I want you to say it. Lord, have your way in my life. Amen. Take me to that place where I no longer struggle. You know, and I, and I have a feeling for some of us, God sometimes even stops talking when it's a struggle. You know, Jesus at some point said, I know the will of God because I determined to do the will of God. <laughs> he said, well, I, I came on by, of my own self do nothing, right? What I hear, I do, I judge because I desire to do the will of God. You know, sometimes the Lord just stops talking because you're not going to do it anyway. You're going to argue. You're going to struggle. So why should he ask you? So we must get to a place where we say, you know what? I want to do the will of God. That's, without that, let's forget about going deeper. Because going deeper is really personal. It's really it's your relationship with God, and God is inviting you into a deeper place. And it's going to go different ways for all of us. Right? It's going to go different ways. I mean, you know, him calling you to a deeper place might mean you give up some things. It might mean you sell your possession while others keep theirs. Right? <laughs> if, for some of you, it might mean you go somewhere else or you change your habit. You change your way of life. It might mean you change your friends. It might mean you pick up new habits. It might mean you start doing something. I mean, it would, there are so many ways it can go because what we're talking about is a personal relationship with God. It will be a life. I just tell you, oh, I know what it means to you. No. Brokenness means different things to different people. Hallelujah. Now, Psalm 51 tells us, my sacrifice, oh God, 51.17 is a broken spirit. 
And he says, he says here, a broken and a contrite heart, you, O oh God, will not despise. It tells me that's what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for a broken spirit. He's looking for a contrite heart, a heart that listens, a heart that is attentive, a heart that is not always arguing, a heart that is surrendered, that is submissive. And that's very important. So I'm going to talk about a few things, you know, how to get to a place of brokenness. I'm going to just run through that. I have 15 minutes to do that. I think I can get it done. Amen. Number one, brokenness starts with a personal revelation. Start with a personal revelation. And a personal encounter with God. A lot of times, encounter can come in the form of crisis, where we're just, you know, God just meets you. I mean, you start having some crisis. Sometimes it's a spiritual crisis. I don't mean crisis as in you start having problems, but sometimes some people need to have problems before they really get it, some of, some of us. But, I, but ultimately, it's a place of revelation. It's a place where I realize, you know what? I no longer want to live for myself. 2 Corinthians 5.15, Apostle Paul says, Jesus died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. What is the point of Jesus making all these sacrifices for you and you just go and live for yourself? And that's, 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 so, it starts with a revelation. It starts with a personal, when I mean, it's a personal revelation. And I pray that God will give you that revelation. But also revelation starts with a, a prayer, a personal decision, a, a, no, a, a, a asking God to open your eyes. You know, where the Lord really opens your eyes to realize, you know, and that's what it, to realize, having it my way is not going to end well. I really want to please God. It's a place of revelation. It's a place where I get it. A lot of people, unfortunately, don't get it. You know, they just come to church. Everything is just, I show up. I do this. I, I live my life, but I just wear a gown called religion. And I go around with it. And people just see, oh, I'm a religious person. I do this. You know, I, they even have a few things they don't do. To, as a stamp to say, you know, they are religious. You know, they put a big Bible at their job so people know. They put a bumper sticker behind their car so at least people know. You know what I mean? I mean, they just, you know, sometimes that's how we, what we do. But it needs to go bigger than that, more than that. It starts with a, to reveal, it, revelation means for God to open your eyes, your spiritual eyes, to see things the way you, he sees it. A lot of times we don't see things the way God sees them. And that's why that prayer of revelation is important. That God will open our eyes of understanding. So we see things the way God sees it. And, that, and we should always pray that. You know that God, let me see things. Let me see the world. Let me see myself. Let me see things around me. Just the way you see it. That's a revelation. Hallelujah. Now... Brokenness also involves a personal decision. A personal decision. 
you can have a revelation and reject the revelation, right? You can have a revelation and say, you know what, I would love, love to live like that, if not because I love where I am right now. Oh, Lord, I would have loved to please you, but I'm really, it's too difficult. Oh, Lord, I would have loved to really be part of that thing, you know, but, you know, it would take me out of my bed, you know, out of my comfort zone. I don't want to do that. Lord, I would have loved to do this. You know, a lot of people sometimes God reveal things to them, but they can still, they don't back it up with a decision. So brokenness involves a personal decision. And that is very important. A decision to say, Lord, have your way. You know, we pray those prayers, Lord, have your way in my life. Most believers pray that prayer only in public prayer. Most believers never go to God personally and say, Lord, have your way in my life. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to say, Lord, in your personal prayer, dedicate something to say, Lord, I want to do your will. Even if you don't mean it at first, pray until you mean it. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> prayer doesn't always start from the will of God. You know, but prayer, true prayer will always end up in the will of God. Amen. Right? A lot of true prayer. I mean, Jesus started by praying, Lord, let this call pass over me. Pass over me. That's not the will of God. But that's Jesus. He was, and he was still praying it. And he spent an hour praying it. Jesus, our Savior, Lord, let this cup pass over me. Lord, let this cup pass over me. Lord, I don't want to do this. Lord, this is difficult. Is there another way? Let's figure out another way to do this. Let's figure another way. Let's figure, let's figure. At the end of the hour, and he said, not my will. But what? So sometimes our prayer doesn't necessarily start from God's will. But if we stay long enough in a place of prayer, the Holy Spirit kicks in, right? And it takes us to the will of God. So it must be something you pray about. Because your life cannot fully be fulfilled until you get to a place of brokenness. It will be, it will not be. You can't really go deep with God. You can't really go far. You can't go to the oceans. You can't go to a place. You know, walking with God is risky. Walking with God, it involves shame sometimes, right? It takes someone that is really not overly conscious about them, what people think, what people say, what this. It takes brokenness to really get to that place when it is no longer about you, but about him. So a simple prayer of surrender, a change of attitude, is a decision. A decision to really say, Lord, have your way. Number three, brokenness involves reliance on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, because what... Brokenness, working with God, is not something that is really asking us to do on our own flesh. Let me tell you how to do it. If God asks you to do something, it's difficult. 
and you know it's difficult, don't reject it. Just ask him to help you do it. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, and that's God really. That's really the, that is God's way of doing things. No one can do the will of God by themselves. It's impossible. No, I mean, if you read the Bible and you see how, I mean, you know, Apostle Paul, Peter, I mean, it's, they didn't do that by themselves. I mean, they, they were human beings like us. If they were really, by their strength, they were able to do this, they would not be able to do it. I mean, how was Stephen? Is it possible naturally that you are being stoned and you look up to heaven and you see the glory of God and you say, God, please forgive them, and you just die? I mean, that's, that's a movie. That's like, that. no, Stephen was no longer Stephen at that point. Something changed. Something happened. How will people go on a missionary field to somewhere they've never been before? The last guy that I went didn't even come back. They died of malaria. And you still disembark. And you still get into a ship. And you go there because you want to preach the gospel. You think that is them? No. And I'm think, I think all those people too struggle at the beginning. They got to a place when they just said, Lord, have your way. It is most, it is unlikely we're even going to pay that price, many of us. A few of us might be asked to. But no matter what he asks you to do, will not be something you can do anyway by your strength. That's why it's something that requires asking for the help of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Bible says the flesh is weak, the spirit is weak. Uh, is weak. I mean, the spirit is willing, sorry. Romans 8, 13 says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. Now, when we really become spirit-focused, you see that we can operate in supernatural strength of God. And supernatural strength of God is not just to pray for the sick, to do all this. No, no, it's actually to do the will of God because the will of God is supernatural. There's some of us, God is calling us to, into ministry. It is supernatural. Some of us is calling you into business. God is giving you an idea to write books. That is, you know, God is telling you you're going to be a writer and he's going to go to the ends of the world. I mean, that is spiritual. That requires the Holy Spirit. Now, you can choose to reject that idea or you can choose to say, Holy Spirit, help me to do it. That's very, very important. Number four, and the last point I have, brokenness is tested in small things. You see, obedience is always tested in small things. Many times when we think about big things, obedience, being broken, we think about big things. We think about people who have done great things. Some of you, you just need to show brokenness in your marriage to your spouse. To your family, within your little ministry that you are now, just show that you are broken. Just show you are broken. Don't always argue. Don't, don't just say if you don't if you don't agree with what the leader is saying, you're just going to frustrate it. That's an unbroken person. You know, and God is teaching you to just you know just sometimes just on things. I mean, the, as what people argue and go over sometimes they. They don't even involve their life that much. No, no real impact. 
I just don't like the color that we decorated so so so's baby shower. And I told them that, that they, we should use yellow. I'm leaving this ministry. Really? I mean, I mean, things that even the person that had the baby shower, they forget. What color did they decorate your baby shower when you had a debolu? I'm sure you are just like, really? Of all things to remember, I mean, there's a lot. So, so some things we even fight over that are inconsequential. And those are small things. And that's why sometimes God can do big things for us. God can do big things. God can use you for big things. I mean, because it will involve flexibility, being broken. Being broken means God can, you know, God can just move in different direction. You know, God can just say, you know what, let's do this. Oh, you're going to say, it's not my strength. I can't speak. I'm not going to do it. No, 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 no. You're going to say, Lord, okay. It's difficult, but how can we do it? Hallelujah. Your brokenness will be tested in small things. Pay attention to the small things. What are those small things where you're always struggling? It's always a fight. It's always, somebody always has to beg you. Somebody always has to say, oh, don't, don't, they didn't mean it that way. You know, that's not what they're talking about. Oh, you know, it's always like that. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're too difficult for God. To really do something big. But I know God has a great plan. God didn't save you to be nobody. God saved you. He paid the price so that you can be somebody that can be useful. You can be someone that can be a great impact. That involves going deeper. Going deeper involves being broken. Can you go to God and say, God, I am ready to be broken. Can you tell him? Say, Lord. Just bow down your heads and say, Lord. And I think some people really, this message is for you. And I want you to go on your knees wherever you are. Because God is really speaking to you. He's saying, you, my son, you, my daughter, this message is for you. You've been struggling with me. I want to take you deeper. And I want you to just go to a place of surrender. You see, be on your knee is a place of surrender. So I want you to just go on your knee and just say, God, Lord, I surrender to you. Say, Lord, Father, I surrender to you. I release myself. I release my heart. I release my life. I want to be in that place where I'm broken. A place of brokenness where you can truly have your way. I no longer just want to struggle with you. I don't want my life, the documentary of my life to just be someone that is struggling with God all the time. Someone that God has to really, really work so hard. So Father, just have your way. Just have your way. Take us to that place. Of brokenness. Break me, Lord. Mold me. And I want all of us to just ask him, Lord, mold, break me and remold me after your will. Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. 
have your way, Lord. Break me, mold me, 